Jared, podcasters aren't things that we are. It's a thing we do. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Infinity Watchers. We are here. I'm here with my good friend, Jared. As always, my name is John, and we are going to give our thoughts and impressions of Miss Marvel after the premiere episode here. So, Jared, uh, overall, I guess quickly before we kind of jump into some of the other things that we're going to be talking about during this episode, <laughs> what were your just quick initial thoughts on Miss Marvel? I I really liked it. I was a little nervous going into it, um, but it felt refreshing. It felt fun. It felt energetic. And I was just, I felt relieved afterward, I should say. Yeah. I, I think my biggest takeaway is that Iman Vellani is pitch perfect casting yes. as Kamala Khan. Like the, yes. the roster that we are building out for the Young Avengers is, is just legendary. It's going to be so good. I can't wait. Uh, me neither. Cannot wait. Speaking, speaking of, of the Young uh, Avengers. Su- yeah, Young Avengers and superhero teams. As we were preparing to record this, some news broke today about an upcoming film in the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe. And <laughs> Jared, this is one that you and I had speculated on, I would imagine, as far back as our first podcast episode where we started covering the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think and so. We finally have confirmation that Marvel Studios is in production on a Thunderbolts film. And that is pretty rad. And we actually had the director attached as well. They announced it with the announcement of uh, Jake Schreier coming on to direct. And I didn't, I didn't recognize the name when he first came up, but uh, he's done only like two features and they were uh, robot and Frank that starred Frank Langella and uh, paper towns. That was the, the John green novel adaptation. And, um, He's also just been a music video director and TV director for a lot of uh, for a mm-hmm. lot of his career. And then uh, Eric Pearson, who was one of the writers on Black Widow, is slated to pen the screenplay. Nice. I I am really excited about this. There's there's yeah. a lot of cool directions you could take it, right? I mean, we've seen what Warner Brothers has done with the Suicide Squad, and you can expect something similar here, although um, probably not as gory and james gunny um i would imagine this has a bit more of a serious tone i did i did see uh in the article that i initially saw this and i i saw speculation and maybe it was just like projecting theorizing whatever you want to call it that because deadpool 3 they're 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 like holding down the r rating that that they're gonna try and introduce that on this as well Mm, i could i could definitely see it it depends on what characters they have involved in this, I think, to be honest. Yeah. If you have any any prime characters they want to market to children, they will not be in this movie if it's rated R. <laughs> so, I think, I, um, I guess, the movie I, will not be rated R if the story calls for them to be in it. <laughs> I guess so, but like, who who out of the crew, who out of the crew that they have do you think would allow let, them to do an R-rated version? Let me, let me pitch you a team. Okay, let's hear Thunderbolts. it. Okay. Let's hear it. So I, I think initially you have to kind of start with the sort of Dark Avengers concept because I think they're going to kind of mesh those two teams together into whatever this is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you you kind of have an, a representative on the team to represent each of the original six Avengers. So starting with Cap and Black Widow, those two are pretty obvious um, mm-hmm. because we've seen them have ties to... You know, um, Val already, who presumably is building this team. 
We've well, I mean, got yes, John since, Walker. There you go. As the cap analogy. We've mm-hmm. got Yelena's Black Widow as mm-hmm. the Black Widow equivalent. Um, beyond that, Hulk. We know Abomination's coming back. So that's right. your obvious obvious Hulk equivalent there. Um, then you've got Iron Man and Thor, who are pretty interesting because I, I could kind of see justin hammer coming back and this is my hope i i would love for sam rockwell to be one of like the co-leads <laughs> of this movie and i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility i think it would have been more difficult for them to bring sam rockwell back if they were doing like a disney plus series but now that we know this is a movie i mean the checkbooks are going to open up <laughs> yeah and sam rockwell is a much more renowned actor than he was in iron man two days although he was still great um yeah, I get so, what you're saying. I, I I can see where you're where you're going with that. Yeah, and I, I just would love to see him come back, suit up as probably like Iron Patriot, um, alongside John Walker. Well, I guess John Walker won't be in Stars and Stripes, but um, <laughs> maybe to kind of represent that aspect of it. And then with with Thor, you kind of have to look at maybe power levels and look at some of the projects coming up and some of the rumored villains that we're going to see soon. And the one that jumps out to me, assuming they're not going to do something crazy, like bring Loki back to be part of the Thunderbolts, which I don't see happening. Um, I could see the Thor type role being filled uh, by Namor. Really? So Namor is going to, from all accounts, be the villain slash antagonist in wakanda forever speaking of which it sounds like i don't know when we're releasing this episode but it sounds like we're getting a trailer this friday oh shoot really for wakanda forever i just saw that like right before we jumped on we're recording this on thursday so that is very exciting to me knowing that it's tomorrow yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah uh, so from what day of the week it was i could see i could see namor being a member of this team depending on how this film goes i mean you have a political conflict that we're presumably going to see in wakanda forever mm-hmm. and that sounds like the exact prime territory the val would show up in so i wouldn't be surprised if she ends up in that film in some way i mean political turmoil for like a super spy is is like their bread and butter right yeah so um and namor historically has been kind of like a f- back and forth between hero and anti-hero in the in the comics um and depending on how the the film wraps up we don't know where that character is going so just seeing him as kind of like the the outsider that doesn't belong on the team kind of like thor was um being like more of a an alien type person (laughs) um i think namor would fit the bill there um and then that leaves the final person which is hawkeye um and for that my suggestion is clint barton really I think they pull him in as like the Rick Flag. That's interesting. I, That's really interesting. You know, in Hawkeye, we kind of got the tease about his, um, about Laura, his wife's past in Shield, uh-huh. and I, I kind of feel like that is a little bit more meaningful because I think that is some leverage that Val could hold over his head to kind of blackmail him into kind of leading this team and keeping the team in line. Um, and there's precedent for it in the comics too, of Hawkeye actually joining the Dark Avengers. Plus, he's still 
you know, had that pass as Ronan, that is going to be hard for him to escape from. And Val clearly knows that he's Ronan, so she could hold that over his head too. <laughs> um, and I think it, I think it's an interesting, I think it'd be a really interesting place for his character to go next. And even more so if you kind of think of, we, uh, I think I had predicted this on the show before, but I would love for this Thunderbolts movie to kind of turn into Thunderbolts versus Young Avengers. Mm-hmm. Like the young event, like the dark, the the Thunderbolts have this mission they have to go on and it's going to require them to do some like bad things to accomplish it. But right. ultimately, it's the thing that needs to be done. Right. So the Thunderbolts are it? going to do that. The young Avengers, like just being like the plucky kids that have to do good no matter what, would oppose them because there's not really I mean, we don't know the state of the actual Avengers right now. So maybe they step up to kind of fill the void and try to take on this team. And it gives us some natural um, conflict in there. You know, it's a good way for them to get more of the Kate and Yelena dynamic. And it probably wouldn't be a a fight to the death, but I could see it being a little bit more of um, Civil War-esque, right? Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, if, if Kate and Yelena are fighting each other again, it's not going to be to the death. Right. But um that well, that's if, kind of the direction I'd like to see the movie go. And you know Zemo's gonna be in there too, and um there are some other potential members of the team. I'm sure there'll be a couple new characters we haven't seen yet, but so I think, I think that would be my core roster. I think to be honest, I would take out out of there, I would take out Namor. Yeah. I would I would put Zemo in there as as like the Rick Flag type. Um or even even Bucky as the yeah, as, it as the Rick Flag type, yeah, um, and have like the the dynamic him and John had in Winter Soldier, and like and like play off of that with the with the two bouncing off of each other, right? Um, That's fair, yeah. I mean, Abomination is pretty much a lock. I would say Yelena, I would say, is pretty much a lock. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, not, I mean, this this is all speculation at this point. Like, yeah. I don't, I, I, we can't really actually guess i mean we can only guess at this point we can't actually confirm anything um Mm -hmm. but i would say abomination yelena and walker are pretty much locked uh especially with what we've seen from what we know about the thunderbolts history and we've seen you um val pop up twice now with both yelena and um john walker Mm -hmm. in their respective entries but um as for those last couple spots to fill out, um, I like Zemo and Bucky being in there too. Mm-hmm. I, I also just want more Daniel Brule <laughs> Zemo. I feel like we didn't just we still didn't get enough of them. Yeah, and, um, and this could end up being more heroic than the Thunderbolt, and then something like Suicide Squad, where it was just filled with villains, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if you look at what they're doing in the comics right now, the mm-hmm. the current group of Thunderbolts includes Hawkeye, America Chavez. <laughs> uh spectrum which is monica rambo i mean so there are some more heroic members in there and that's not usually not the case but Hmm. um just something to kind of keep in mind that this i I think we need to temper our expectations but obviously it seems like it's val putting the team together so oh it's gonna have to be (laughs) it's gonna gonna have to be with uh william hurt's passing was that last year was that last year was it this year I think it was last year. Oh my god. Time just mm-hmm. time is a flat circle. But I uh I think I think they'll write it off as like y'all she was commissioned by No, that was three Ross. months ago. I'm sorry. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, my, Val was like commissioned by Ross to to put this team together before his passing. They're they're gonna kill Could Ross be. off in in the MCU. I yeah, they can't yeah. recast him. Um, maybe they maybe he didn't even instruct it, but he just inspires the name. Maybe or something. Yeah, know? that's true. Yeah, yeah that's very true too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a, it, it was pretty exciting to see that, especially since we've been speculating on it for over a it year is. and a half now. <laughs> it felt like vindication. I mean, everyone was <laughs> everyone was speculating it and we were just, you know, another voice in the choir, but um, <laughs> it's still is good to to see it finally confirmed and I'm I'm pretty psyched for it. Do you think though and I'm I'm not really holding Disney to this or Marvel to this but um with that uh speculation I saw I saw of an R rating do you think they put Yelena and Bucky in there if it if they have if they try and go for the R rating I would say no I don't think so especially I mean, with the, the one I was thinking of was Haw- like if they have Hawkeye in there especially as a oh, absolutely like they're not, not. going to put an original six avenger in the <laughs> in an r-rated movie i don't think no um but i yeah i think elaine and bucky is probably the line that they would draw um i mean i don't think there are many kids going out there to buy like john walker action <laughs> figures right now right <laughs> they but i mean that's all masks <laughs> yeah and i think i think you could do just fine with a pg-13 rating <laughs> yeah i think so too i mean you can push the limits of that look at what Raimi did with multiverse of madness and the horror elements there and the gore and well, like, ultimately, oh, yeah, right. Well, I mean, ultimately, and look at what Love and Thunder is doing with the gore too. Aha, aha, aha. All right, you, end the podcast. You, st- <laughs> you still haven't watched that. You still haven't watched that trailer yet, have you? I haven't watched the second trailer. Okay, That's okay. One of the good. reasons we haven't talked about it on the show, but I'm I'm doing a little experiment since we were so close to the release. I'm just gonna yep. avoid it. You're you're I've doing what stills. I did. Well, I mean, th- that's kind of hard to avoid. Well, yeah, that's impossible. Being online, but uh. <laughs> I am excited. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to go into details, but I mean, you've seen the stills of Gore, so like you know, like what what he looks like. I'm ecstatic. Yeah. I I I don't want to say much because of uh, because of your virgin eyes <laughs> from the second from the second Thor Love and Thunder trailer. Um, yep. I will say, I think, I will say at least that I think Sweet Child of Mine's going to play a bigger role in this than we had anticipated. Oh, yeah? It might be the immigrant song of, of this, uh, <laughs> oh boy, of this, of this entry. Nice. And if, if Waititi's going for like this weird 70s and 80s hard rock and heavy metal, hair metal, power metal, like motif mm-hmm. and, and visual representation going throughout it, I want him to finish a trilogy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> please well, speak- let him do one speaking of the uh you know sweet child of mine immigrant song uh stay tuned till the end of this episode because we're gonna play a little game of uh favorite least favorite overrated and underrated where we select um one item for each of those categories each um but this week we're kicking off that uh new kind of game segment um with that game but we're going to focus on needle drops in the mcu for that so if you aren't familiar, a needle drop is kind of when like a uh, an actual real life pop culture song is used in the film, which, you know, we have a ton of instances in in the MCU of that, um, especially thanks to to Gunn and Waititi. Right. And Favreau. Right. So 
yeah, stay tuned um, to after our review here, and we'll we'll get into that little bit of game. All right, I think let's hit our, our main topic for the week, and that is episode one of Miss Marvel. So I, I think one of my biggest takeaways from this is I think the direction is amazing and the cinematography right. on this. It has such a unique look and feel and the way that they've done kind of like the Scott Pilgrim-esque yes. um, comic panel splash page looking like visuals is amazing. They just work the the text conversations into the different lights on the um, Circle K as they're walking up through it and you can see the, the text play out across the the conversation play out across these different lights and and there are just so many shots like that that are so inventive (laughs) yeah it it looks very um it i mean it i I said this at the top of the episode but it feels uh refreshing it felt light it has a very (laughs) uh, unique color scheme to it the purples the blues the like Mm -hmm. uh, the the paints like it everything pops it looks absolutely stunning like i i couldn't take my eyes off of it um even like at the avenger con uh scenes like all like any other like bright colors pop because everything else looks so dark um it it very much feels like and this is gonna sound like a weird reference but it very much feels like a uh, a toned down like abc network version of euphoria in that sense <laughs> of like <laughs> It's not, it's not like dark. I mean, it's dark, but it's not like gritty. It's not like, um, it's not like a drug fueled nightmare. It's like a, it's almost like an Adderall fueled like daydream. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, this feel is very much feels like it was made for Gen Z with the very rapid, fast paced editing, uh, all the bright colors. It, it, to me, at least it feels like this was made for like the TikTok generation. Yeah, and I mean, it's it, it almost feels like you're in Kamala's head the whole time. Like, even exactly. beyond just the way that they visually represent her thoughts, but just, like, mm-hmm. the pacing and um, the way that, that the story progresses and unfolds. Like, one of my favorite sequences in the entire episode is when Kamala's talking through, like, the ideal perfect was, plan to get to AvengerCon. Yep. I think this was the best sequence in the whole episode because <laughs> you see exactly how she has it planned out in the head, in her mm-hmm. head. And the production value is like through the roof. Like she has Carol's <laughs> actual costume on. Right. Like <laughs> there's legitimate hair flowing out the, <laughs> out of the back of her head. Bruno has the Tony Stark cosplay on. Like it's, it's right. perfect. And then normally in a film or a series or something like this, we are talking about this and they're they're overlaying on top of the actual montage of what's really happening Mm -hmm. but instead of just her showing up at avengers con we see how it actually went and bruno commented before that even happened that it's he was like okay so you're just going to take the bus (laughs) like after her really (laughs) long elaboration (laughs) and it literally just ended up like like she just fell out of her window (laughs) the tree branch broke and she got on the bus and ended up there (laughs) like it was was so good like just the fact that we got to see how that actually played out right is is so cool yeah yeah i i I love that i also loved the uh the one where or the sequence where her and bruno are talking about like the perfect cosplay outfit and uh-huh. as they're walking, as they're like walking through the parking lot, you can see like in the background all the different designs showing up on the yeah. building. 
And it's you I, like you were saying how, how it gets you, it puts you in Kamala's head of like this is exactly how she sees everything, and like yeah, you just like you can see every idea being twerk twerked well uh twerked. tweaked and worked out <laughs> you can see every idea twerking uh those ideas love every to twerk, design you know? she thinks of is just twerking on the side of the building She's just twerking <laughs> on the side of the building um but <laughs> i like that you can see her working in real time of like of like the different costume ideas and what they are actually um what we're actually seeing and like i mean Fan- fantasy and reality is obviously going to be a big part of the show and that i think that's a great visual representation of like what um also like how a teenager tends to think of what could really happen as you were just saying with the um with her plan like everything goes down to she has it down <laughs> to the minute of yeah. like when she's gonna yeah. show up when she's gonna leave and like even just being you know in your, in your late 20s I don't even have everything down to an hour, let alone a minute, <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, and she's, like, in her head as she's executing the actual plan, she's kind of, go- like, you get the the visual of the the calendar <laughs> with the time on it, and it's scribbled right. out, and it's, like, three minutes late instead of eight- <laughs> 3.55, it's 3.58 now. And she's like, right. Like, in her head, she's adjusting the time frame. <laughs> but then her, at the start of that sequence too, there's her family's talking about her and how great and fantastic she is. Right. <laughs> I think that might have been the funniest bit of the whole thing. It literally just yeah. starts with Kamala is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, the whole episode, they just dump on her. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> so like, yeah, it, it really did feel like what it felt like to be a teenager again. <laughs> um. But overall, like, I just I love I love the the background animation. I and there's like, and it's even just in subtle ways too. It's not like it's always overt. Oh and, yeah, and big like like the sequences you and I were talking about. Like even just like the um, and the, how should I say this? They they find subtle ways of putting it in. Like when Bruno's walking home, like you just see it on the sidewalk, you see the text message yeah. on the sidewalk. It's not, you have to, if you, it's, it's blinking, you miss it. Yeah. Yeah. I had you to could look, miss it. I had to actively look for it, mm-hmm. which was yeah, great. Cause it, it made me feel time. actively engaged. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> because like, typically if you have a text conversation, you're trying to represent on the screen, you just have the text bubbles pop mm-hmm. up just like as if you're looking right at the phone right like that's yeah. how it's always represented so to mm-hmm. see it like portrayed like this is really fresh and interesting and they even like you know the, there's neon signs with emojis that light right. up and change <laughs> like like it just looks so cool like and it, it's stuff that's not critical but if you catch it you know to start looking for it and then you're kind of like engaged as you said well because it because it feels like like we we didn't talk. It, Strange didn't feel this way, and we haven't released our Strange episode yet because I'm still working on editing it. But Strange didn't feel this way. I think the last movie I can think of that did really feel this way, a feeling like a comic book itself come to life, was Spider Verse, right? Yeah, like for this sure. that that feels like an animated version of a comic book come to life, even with like the um with like faded colors and and the and the uh, the dots. Er- the dots and the color steam and like everything pops uh, the text bubbles, literally everything here. This feels like a, a live action comic book mm-hmm. um, with, as you were, as you and I have been saying, like uh, thoughts, thoughts coming across the screen, 
um, seeing ideas worked out in or mental images worked out in real time, text conversations just kind of popping up in the background. And being that Kamala is a, or yeah, Kamala is a, an Avengers fan, like that would make sense for, to put us in her headspace and make us look at these, look at the world as if it is a comic book. Yeah. It's genius. It is. Yeah. It was such a, such a good choice for this series. I think, I think the visual style was such a good call for this series. And I I heard it was added pretty late in production. Um, like it wasn't something they were going for all along. And I think it was the right call because it kind of helps to differentiate her from other similar type characters like Peter Parker. Right. Well, even, even then, like even Spider-Man movies don't feel like this. Those feel like just regular blockbusters to an extent. Oh yeah, for sure. This, this has its own style and feel to it. Like its own like visual language that, you have to learn and I'm glad that they just kind of threw everything at the wall in the first episode. So you learn how this is, how this world, how this version of the world works. Yeah. That's a really good point. Cause it is, it's almost like training your brain in the first episode. So I'm curious to see how subtle or how bombastic that gets as the series goes on. Mm-hmm. Right. Like once she's actually doing superhero things, like what is that going to look like? It could be pretty cool. And we kind of get a taste of it in this episode too, with the uh, at the end. What What are your yeah. thoughts on the on? I, I guess we're just in full spoiler territory. What? Um, oh yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on? We the, always the say that when we're like fifteen minutes into spoiler territory. Yeah, we never give a warning. We're like, yeah, I guess we're spoiling things now. <laughs> I guess that's the case. But if you're, li- I, we don't do spoiler free reviews. We, we talked about it for like a sentence or two each at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're about to be spoiled now, boys. Anyway, um, so your your thoughts on the on the bracelet, creating the powers, making the powers, giving her her powers. I'm, I'm curious to see where they go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it right now, it feels like a hey we messed up with the inhumans <laughs> hey that show sucked so um we can't do that <laughs> what if she has magic jewelry <laughs> not that i mean i, I don't want to reduce the bangles to jewelry because i know they're a very like, traditional thing but you know yep. what I'm, you know what i'm trying to say it's it's not um my not my favorite choice but i get it I didn't need anything more mm-hmm. complicated. I hope eventually we do retcon or get some sort of mention of Inhumans because I think it's a cool aspect of her character. And she was, you know, the Inhuman royal family in her debut comic plays like mm-hmm. a fairly big role in Lockjaw, the teleporting dog is in it. And she has a relationship, close relationship with him. And it's just, it's, <laughs> uh, it's weird not to see it, but it's just, you know, that's what I'm familiar with. Um, and that part of that could be too, that like, you know, I've read a decent amount of her comics. Mm-hmm. I've played the Avengers game and her inhuman um, DNA is a big piece of that story mm-hmm. and plot. So um, I'm okay with it. Um, I'm actually a pretty big fan of how they're representing her powers and changing them, the powers mm-hmm. themselves to where she's not just like a stretchy shapeshifter. <laughs> in this but instead she kind of manifests these like energy constructs almost like green lantern that's a good way to describe it i was trying to figure out how to describe it but i think you put it perfectly of of green lantern-esque yeah 
I think one, it's going to look better on the budget that they likely have for this series. I think it looks really than, cool. I yeah. think it looks cool. Yeah, I think it looks better because you crystal energy powers are easier to accept visually than someone like stretching their arm really long. Right. I mean, we. I like, mean, we saw that in in uh, Strange, didn't yeah. we? And it looked yeah, really we weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it always looks weird, and that's always been like a, a fear I've had of like bringing characters like this in. Like it 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 doesn't always work that well, and her her powers are pretty different than Reed Richards. They're not one to one. Like she could actually no. like almost scrawl esque shape shift into people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think we're getting any of that here. And it seems like it's more just energy constructs. And I, I like the, the look of the powers and kind of the crystallized feel to it. Um, I do kind of wonder if they're going to tie this back to Inhumans at all and say that that's like some sort of Terrigen substance that she's creating. I don't know. That's interesting. I'm, it doesn't I'm, seem like it. I don't think so either. Um, maybe in five years there'll be a one-off sentence in like i don't know uh, i don't know thor sits that like ref that retcons this entire series you know but like yeah i think we'll get references that like this these bangles aren't something that anyone can just pick up and use right like it is or, something with her and her family or her DNA. Like they'll they'll say that's something what I was like going. her DNA and then they'll they'll leave it and eventually when we're <laughs> five or six years past the Inhumans show on ABC, then when we're ready to introduce a new black bolt, a new Medusa, a new crystal, then <laughs> then then they'll be like, Oh yeah, you were inhuman all along, come to the moon with us. <laughs> and hang out. Well, <laughs> I I get I I get it and I like I like where you're going with that, um, or thinking about it, it's um probably be tied to Sean Chi in some way, in the Ten Rings. It could because be. I mean we don't I mean, we tech. still we still don't know what that is or what was causing the the signal at the end of mm-hmm. Sean Chi, so it's possible that they end up like tying those together and it I mean it, it, you can make it work. I I liked the fact that. So I, I haven't read the comments like you have, but I at least understand that her power set of being a shapeshifter is a is a, a loose metaphor for 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 puberty and teenage adolescence of not being able to necessarily fit in where mm-hmm. where you are currently. Um, and I lo- the fact that they're changing the metaphor a little bit from that slightly to. Um, to being about her family heritage and her like her like her actual family themselves being that mm-hmm. it's from the bracelets from her grandmother i like that aspect of it of kind of like it's not it's not completely changing the meaning of it but it being that she's not a shapeshifter she can still like stay in place where she or she can still stay in place and like extend out an energy pulse of some sort um mm-hmm. so i i do like that aspect of it um her family life in this i really enjoyed i love her parents mm-hmm. and i love her brother and like I, I i had my notes and this was weird and please correct me if i'm wrong but like it was refreshing to see a whole family unit together yeah it was it wasn't I mean, a single parent there's... household it wasn't an orphan situation there yeah. weren't dead parents involved i know yeah that's a really good point i that is why it felt so refreshing 
Yeah. It's just like, oh, here's the normal, like, you know, not the most healthy family dynamic, but um, it still seemed like a very realistic depiction of a family in New Jersey. Right. right. <laughs> and like down to like the parents, okay, they told her, no, you can't go to Avengers Con. They had kind of a fight over it. And then they completely mm-hmm. overcompensate by <laughs> making her the costume and the dad dresses up as the Hulk. <laughs> Big Hulk and Little Hulk. <laughs> like, that's not a, that's that's not a not thing. A thing. <laughs> yeah, like it It just, that, that's what was the most refreshing thing about it is we got, we got interaction with a teenager interacting with their parents. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've gotten Peter interacting with his aunt who's like the cool aunt who cares about him, but it's not the same dynamic. They're not no. like the embarrassing parents or the, the strict cultural, um, cultural or historical tie, historically yeah. tied parents, you know, traditional, I should say. Yeah. And even like her dad is like the, at times is like the traditional dopey dad. Yeah. Like, to like an talking to like, the Alexa <laughs> basically. Yeah. The, what like are they called? The like very impressed. Zuzu. I think. Zuzu. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> figuring out the, how the zuzu works and controls all the lights in their house like <laughs> and then you hear him later in the episode talking to one of the other members of the family about it like in passing right <laughs> like about how cool it is that he can control the phone or the tv and the lights with his voice <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah uh, and even like um even like the way just this doesn't sound like a really weird specific example but even like when she gets home from school and her mom walks in and is like, okay, you're coming to help me with errands and and like you have no say in the matter. I'm like, yeah, that that's really how that went. <laughs> really didn't have a choice. <laughs> but yeah, I think it, it's weird to say this has been one of the most relatable entries in the MCU so far. It's been really enjoyable. It um, is. It has I'm, been. Um, I'm excited to see where our conflict comes in and i think we're i think we're getting there but i guess before we jump into that what were your thoughts on avengers con there was a lot that that feels like we could have an entire episode just breaking down all the easter eggs well i guess i guess before we get to that uh we talked about kamala we've talked about her family um we kind of talked about the power set and the suit we haven't seen the suit yet but um bruno thought like i is he is he a big player in the comets is he a he's like her friend okay um i don't recall he was in the original series okay um but he's not like a huge huge player i'm Mm -hmm. very curious about him because i don't remember him being like a like an ace inventor i guess Uh, okay (laughs) and it makes me kind of wonder if if we're in for like a little bit of a turn with him or something just because you know people inventing things usually end up as either heroes or villains <laughs> in super and uh, i will say the in the original run of miss marvel um this is one of the most ridiculous comic book things in the world but the villain was called the inventor okay. um and this was no ordinary inventor this was a literal clone of thomas edison <laughs> <laughs> However, the person who cloned him accidentally mixed in his bird's DNA with him, so he has a bird head. Okay. So, do with what that information what you will, but the villain was an inventor. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Comics, are, are, comics are weird. 
it's crazy to think that the comments are like are cool now because stuff like that happens yeah <laughs> you know like the mcu is the the biggest this is the is the biggest like movie franchise of all time now and comets still do stuff like that yeah okay bird what bird thomas edison I can't imagine the the pitch meeting that leads to that. That's what the, the funniest thing to me is like just imagining that decision being made. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Avengers Con. Um, I, I just I put in my notes that there are too many Easter eggs to even start writing. <laughs> yeah. The, there, there was the one a, thing that was, was missing for me is like a C-list hero showing up for like an right. autograph session, right? Like right. I think it would have been funny if like as like a meta joke if we had um don Cheadle there as as roadie like signing autographs just because he's always been a side character like and you know when you go to conventions like you're you're always getting a supporting actor from a big movie right unless you're talking like san diego comic-con or something but like you haven't you haven't seen uh chippendale rescue rangers yet that's there's a whole plot point around there's a whole plot Uh, point around that because Mm -hmm. uh it's no spoiler but i think it's chip I forget which one of the two it is, but he uh-huh. did CGI. He did CGI surgery to keep up yeah. with the times, and like he keeps his career up, like touring the the convention circuit. Really, that's hilarious. yeah. That that's actually like a, like a big point in the in the story. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, um, I I would have I would have loved to see that. Um, just someone someone that's just a tier below our prime Avengers, just kind of in the background, or like come all in line to see them or something like. Because that seems like a very convention thing to <laughs> to see. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. At the same time, though, this looked like just like a fan thing that was thrown together. It looked, yeah. just looked like a, it looked like a rave almost. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely less of like a typical convention and more of just like a giant party. Yeah, well, I mean, they they referenced it at one point that it was um, it is basically a party and that it was it's, it was the first one. Right. So yeah. like like that would make sense, but I like, also uh, just. I also at one point it... said the first Avenger con. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny just because of the, the, the first Avengers. Yeah. Um, but I also didn't think about it that this, this world would have Avenger con and not comic con necessarily because like they actually yeah. exist in this universe. And well, it's... Batman comics exist though. Yeah, that's true. And Superman, they Thanks both exist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for thanks for uh, screwing up the the canon while you were trying to create a metaphor. <laughs> we appre- we appreciate it. <laughs> um, but I just like even when like Zoe popped up in in a Captain Marvel outfit, I'm like, this is just bizarre to me because I know cosplayers, and they're not necessarily. I, I hate to say this, but they're not necessarily the popular kids at school. So in this, it's weird to me. This in, universe, yeah. But in this, in this universe, it's almost like it's this weird meta commentary on that, though. That like anybody yeah. should be able to do this. Oh like, yeah, cosplayers sure. did. I, I mean, I love a lot of the the cosplay I see. Um, one of my favorites I think I've ever seen is well, my one buddy. Um, he does them all the time, and he does like a like an almost replica, um, Winter Soldier, um cap outfit like the Uh has has it perfectly padded and everything with the white stripes coming down the center and the star in the middle it looks incredible um but i think my favorite cosplay i've ever seen is 
right after Loki came out, somebody took a jet ski down. I think it was the Mon, dressed up as Mo, Mo as Mobius. No way. That's cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like the full get up, mustache, the hair, the suit, like literally oh, everything. Man. That is good. That it was perfect. Um, but like, and uh, like. She even talks about that. She Kamala even talks about this at one point that like it's not cool to, to dress up and do stuff like this. And luckily, Bruno talks her out of it. But like, like that is kind of true to an extent, unfortunately. You know? Yeah. At some point, you would think it would turn to like a religion, right? I mean, these people are literal gods in their universe, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, it's just really kind of an interesting thing to think of that there's this whole fandom that sprung up around these very real individuals that are yeah saving the world. Um, I, I do wonder, like, it really seems like the general population has very intricate details <laughs> on of, the, of the, the battle. At, yeah, of Endgame. <laughs> She, the fact that she was able to recap beat by beat exactly yeah. what happened outside outside of New York. It's yeah. like, what, wouldn't this stuff be like classified information? Is Sword yeah, or I, Shield really doing a, their job? I think it would be really funny if we saw like someone getting rich or like thriving in the limelight of like telling these stories. You know, like, like you right. can see like a Scott Lang. You know, like hey, in hey, like, he has a podcast. He has a podcast. Yeah. Oh, that's true. They we did we did get that confirmed. We'll have to get him on as a guest. I know, right? <laughs> but it, you could totally see someone like that, like that just thinks it's the coolest thing ever that they were just a part of it. <laughs> but but out of did you hear about it though? Out like, of yeah, I'm a hero. Out of all, <laughs> out of all the Avengers, is Scott Lane really the podcaster out of them? Apparently, like I. Did you see Paul Rudd do? Yeah, I could see Paul Rudd doing a podcast. I've I've heard him on a few episodes of uh, Comedy Bane Bane and, and, and yeah. WTF. He's he's a really good guest on literally everything. But like, I can't see Scott Lang being the podcaster. Yeah, put him and Jimmy Woo in a room together with a couple microphones, and magic will happen. <laughs> you know, <laughs> magic time with Jimmy and and Scott. <laughs> It's them just just discussing how to do magic tricks. They they really need to do an in universe podcast, like to release into our world. I would love. I that. think that would be great. They're they're doing like a there's a Squirrel Girl podcast now that I saw that that canceled TV series. That's pretty cool. Hey Marvel, hit us up. We'll do an in yeah. We'll do an in person podcast for your universe. <laughs> We'll just be ourselves, except we'll just like say from six one six after each of our. <laughs> or is it nineteen nineteen thousand nine hundred ninety nine? We'll never know. Depends on who you ask. I guess it depends <laughs> on who you ask. It would be Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck would be the podcast. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's a natural modernization of <laughs> of his of, of his Howard character. The Howard yeah. the Duck would be the podcaster. I like it. <laughs> Do you also catch the uh, the Thor is a gamer reference? Oh no, I didn't see that. I picked I, up on I it right away. It that that's funny. When when she was when she was recapping like at, at the end of her YouTube video, she, she well that's where they she mentioned the Scott Lane podcast. Uh huh. And then um, she goes, "Oh yeah, tune in next week when I tell you about my theory about how I think Thor is a gamer." <laughs> Tying back to Endgame. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> She maybe she played played against him at some point. Maybe speculated it was him. 
<laughs> what if she's new master 69 <laughs> oh we, well, no, we, we found out who that is now i forgot, I forgot yeah it's the, the dude from the apple store yeah 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 <laughs> um but <sighs> i like just just playing into that whole meta or fandom meta fandom aspect of like she knows like her and this entire universe know the intricate details of like what happened against thanos and um like what uh and like us sitting here speculating over every little single detail of the mcu like it, it kind of they kind of play into each other you know like we're kind mm-hmm. of we're kind of playing into their hands if you really think about it yeah <laughs> yeah i mean people like us would like obsess over it and try to find out every intricate detail that we could right what do you think we're doing why or why do you think we're doing <laughs> yeah, this exactly. podcast we just spent 20 minutes at the beginning of this episode speculating on who the thunderbolts are going to be <laughs> yeah i mean you you've seen those like storm chasers there would be like literal superhero chasers in the right you that like try to get near them to film them and document them like <laughs> that would be actually a really funny show storm like chasers superhero storm chasers. chasers yeah or something like that where they just like follow them around and they're just on the fringes of everything that we've seen in the mcu so far well, just like well, they're filming it like shaking hands like shaking cam like cloverfield style like <laughs> Well, there goes Captain Marvel. There she goes. <laughs> well, she's not coming back. Okay, well, see you in another 30 years. <laughs> but, like, even even then, how does she know that Captain Marvel came in out of nowhere and was, like, the deus ex machina of the battle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't understand. I don't. Sword or damage control aren't really doing their job. <laughs> well, I think they're about to be. Yeah, <laughs> really. Med, Mid-credits scene is any indication. I... I I wonder though, overall, like, is is that going to be like the conflict here? I don't think there there has to be something tying back to those bracelets, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like she has to have some super powered enemy that's going to show up at some point in the show. Probably someone seeking the bracelets or or something like that. Um, but we, I mean, we really have had no hints as to no. who the actual antagonist is of this show, which is really interesting. I'm None actually fine with that. Hinted at, yeah, I am too. None of the trailers have hinted at conflict at all, really. Aside from like, it looked like agents were chasing someone in there and there's probably damage control. Unless it's but, not necessarily. And I, I just love his, uh, I can never remember his name. I, I think yeah. he's only mentioned in, in No Way Home, but like. I'm just trying to keep calling him Stewie from Succession, but like, <laughs> I just love the fact that he's like, "Oh yeah, looks like looks like a cool convention." Oh, she has powers. Okay, bring her in. Like, literally within seconds. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, we got another one, and has to like drag her in. Yeah, <laughs> but he looks yeah, annoyed wonder... that he has to handle this. <laughs> yeah, I I do wonder like what their ultimate goal is. Right, like, because they kind of arrested Peter in No Way Home, like mm-hmm. damage control for the Mysterio stuff. Mm-hmm. But his name got cleared, sorta. And I, I just kind of wonder, what are they doing? Like pulling superheroes off the street? Is it tied to like the Sokovia Accords? Are those even a thing? Like, I just don't I know. have no idea. That's I think I we'll find know. out it's... a lot more in this series because it seems like that is a a tease that they're going to be involved in at least the next episode. And like, are they showing up at, at like in San Francisco with, with the buses, like being like thrown down the hill and John yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> this stuff speaking doesn't of, just happen every day. Speaking of Shang-Chi, that, that is a character I love to see interact with Kamala. 
those two would be in in some scenes the, together would just chew up the lines. <laughs> they're the podcasters. They're yeah, the pod- him and Katie are the, are the podcasters. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. It's them. It's them. It's definitely them. No doubt in my mind. I changed. It's not Howard. The, Howard the Dutch doing like the like the WTF Mark Marin thing where he's just interviewing yeah. people. The you two of them. The, I know who the podcaster actually is. Who Wong? Yeah, the yeah, Wong cast. Yeah, yeah. he's the. <laughs> The the pod father in the MCU. What so what episode do you think Wong's gonna show up in this series? <laughs> <laughs> he'll be the he'll be the mid credit scene of the last episode. <laughs> and just show up with a portal and go, Kamala, come here, give me your give me your bracelet. We gotta look at that now. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, but I mean overall, um I'm excited for what's coming with this show. I think it's been a lot of fun so far through that first episode. Um I'm intrigued. I'm very curious to see what the central conflict is because everything to this point has been just kind of personal conflict within Kamala and her family. Personally, I hope that's, I hope that's the main conflict. Like I actually like that aspect of it a lot. (laughs) More of like a slice of life type thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd be interested in that. Definitely would. Will, I mean, it's only the first episode, but will we see uh, Brie Larson pop up? You think so? This this reminds me of all the discussion around Benedict Cumberbatch showing up in WandaVision. Oh right? Jesus! Never mind. Know, I forget I knew, even asked. No, because we knew we knew that where Wanda was headed next was Multiverse of Madness, and this we know where Kamala's headed next is um, the Marvels. So it seems like she could. I I would say it's probably about fifty fifty. Um, they are. I mean, Strange was never mentioned in WandaVision. And no. Kamala and or I mean Carol is mentioned a ton of times in this. <laughs> like right. she's shown a bunch of times. We see actual posters of Brie Larson as Carol Danvers. So <laughs> I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility um that she shows up, but we don't know where she's at. It's implied that she's off world at the end of Shang-Chi, I think, but um I don't know. I really don't know. I'm gonna say if I had to guess, I would say yes. And I, I okay. think it, I, I would guess she has a bit more of a significant role than just showing up and saying hi in the post credit scene. <laughs> or do we see Tiana Paris as Monica Rambeau show up? I would say no. Okay. Because I think Carol would have a more, more of a reason at this point to go to Kamala than Monica would. Unless okay. Monica's still with Sword and Sword takes an interest in kamala which could be and, a very interesting thing and damage control might still be a part of sword might be a part of sword they could we be don't we still or related we or we don't know anything about damage control at this point no <laughs> we don't i mean wasn't it implied in homecoming that tony started it up yeah i mean that's about all we know and that they're supposed to like show up after world ending events to help clean up and investigate yeah. but you could i mean I really... they're a, they're a bureau basically so like they could yeah. be corrupted <laughs> Right, by yeah. whoever the next person in charge is now that I Tony's really, gone. so I really wish that show never got canceled. Yeah, it would have been cool. That was a really good idea. <laughs> um, I, I, there is, I, I won't say the name, but there was Marvel sort of leaked a character showing up in the credits of this <laughs> by oh. referencing their, their stylist or something, crediting their oh. stylist. <laughs> 
Huh. Yeah, they they put in actors. It was like this person's stylist was in the credits, and it's not a person who's been confirmed so forth. So I'll, I I won't say it here on the show, but if if you are so inclined to look it up, you can go ahead and do so. And it isn't one that's um, overly surprising, I don't think, but exciting nonetheless. Are you looking it up right now? I, I I'm trying to because I'm curious now too. And. Uh... There we go. IMDb uh, decided to crash on me for a minute there. That was <laughs> that was great. Gotta love when that happens. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm with you. Where um, Monica won't show up in this, it was just it was worth asking because. Mm-hmm. Well, we uh, know she's going to be a co lead along with Carol and Kamala and the Marvels. It seems like so. Yeah, it's only natural to to think about it but yeah but who um, knows i i would say i i think carol's a pretty good bet to show up at some point in this just based on how much they reference her in this <laughs> like i mean kamala's probably going to spend the first three episodes in carol danvers cosplay so i mean <laughs> how about that it's only cosplay, natural though? she would take notice yeah the cosplay was good yeah, it was. It, I thought I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I can't find it on here. I'm not. I'll okay. I'll tell you after the show. I'll tell you okay. after the show. Okay, we'll talk. We'll talk <clears throat> off there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, overall, I'm I'm really excited to see where the show goes from now on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fun time. Um, like I said at the beginning, I was I was a little nervous going into it, and either not knowing what to expect or like not really. Um, just maybe I just wasn't in the mood that day, and then I put it on. Like, oh, I'm. I'm I'm enthralled. I I want more. I was actually upset when it ended. <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot of people had had the fear that this would be kind of the first like quote unquote Disney Channel MCU show, right? Like I've seen people call it that going mm-hmm. into it, and it definitely is not. I mean, if anything, it's it's closer to like an amalgamation of the the um, John Watts Spider Man films and Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> Which is that's basically a, into the Spider Verse, right? Like it's that's like a really kind of good like way a of putting it. Section of all of those, and I, I think it's um, and I think it's just going to be a really good coming of age cosmic story. <laughs> and uh, toward the beginning of this episode, uh, we you'd mentioned Scott Pilgrim again, but like uh, there was a Michael Sarah reference in here. I couldn't figure out which movie it was, but that's whenever she like lays down on the couch when she gets home from school, puts the TV on, the camera go, like, goes upside down. Yeah, Michael Sarah's on the screen, but I couldn't tell which movie it was. <laughs> I I thought it was Scott Pilgrim at first, and it I might thought all oh, that that it wasn't though, because uh, he was wearing he was wearing a sweater of some sort I didn't recognize. Arrested Development was it? It wasn't Arrested Development Could be. though. Could it be it a wasn't nod to the Russos, maybe, <laughs> maybe. But like, like if they were trying to somehow like made the connection to Scott Pilgrim, I think it I think it definitely works. Um. That's that's something we should talk okay, about. Okay, so Michael Sarah exists in the universe, but the <laughs> the stair car from Arrested Development also does. <laughs> now, now I'm you're just thinking, thinking of the implications. Now you're thinking because like of the Kamala. implication. <laughs> <laughs> Too many holes. Did you did this you is... hear how she had like she like texts Feige all the time, Iman Vellani? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> Good She's... stuff. She's like, she's like, per, like you, you would text me this. Kamala. Yeah, that, that, that's what you said. Like, she's literally Kamala. Yeah, <laughs> she argued uh, with them about the line in Multiverse of Madness where they called this 
um this uh six one six universe six one six and she said no it's one nineteen nine 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 yeah overall i mean maybe she's listening to this episode if if, if that's the case come on then. i'm sure she's an infinity watchers fan <laughs> Give us a shout out. I have a, I have a funny story to tell you off mic anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm just I'm ecstatic for what the show's gonna do. I hope it yeah. it keeps the energy up. I think it will. I think it will. It's not showing any signs of of stopping or getting less interesting. So, all right. Well, that wraps our in, our uh, review of the first episode of Miss Marvel. Um, so I think now it's time. Let's let's get into our our new segment, and the segment, as we mentioned earlier, is going to be favorite, least favorite, overrated, and underrated. And this week we are focusing on needle drops within the MCU. Um, so we will each give our favorite, our least favorite, our overrated, and one we think is underrated across the board. Um, so Jared, uh, do you want me to start, or do you? You yeah, you go ahead and start. Okay. Um, we'll start with our favorite. Um, okay. And this one, for me, is probably pr- pretty cliche um, because it is one of the most well-known needle drops in the MCU, but it still is my favorite because it set the tone for what is one of my favorite MCU movies in the the pantheon of MCU movies. And that mm-hmm. is Come and Get Your Love at the start of Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. I had a feeling you were going, going there with that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's my favorite. It, it is just, it's just too good. I mean, every time it's just very enjoyable. Um, and it, it set the perfect tone for what we were about to get into the first time watching that movie. Right. Like, hey, I remember it, watching that, like, what is the next what are the next two hours going to be like? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, just it, it starts with like that that score, like the actual like traditional it was Tyler Bates' score, just kind of swelling yeah. up, and then he turns the tape on and it's like, and you just hear that baseline drop. Like, what is what's going on here? This is and, and, it just, and even it better, just, and even better in Endgame they reference it again, but instead you hear it from outside of the headphones. Yeah, <laughs> and they make fun of it and say like, yeah. he's what an idiot. But I, I just it sets the tone for the movie but it also gives Very you well. a really good definition of who star lord is <laughs> right off it the does. bat right like he's he's this goofy like dancing earth kid but he's also kind of like a han solo type <laughs> like a uh, raider you know cuz he's going through and actually raiding this ruined city for the power stone at the same time so that's that's my favorite in the MCU yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I'll I'll give you that one. And um, I like initially whenever you asked me this question, uh, I that was the first one I went to. But I I really thought about it, and I've that song I've heard that song so many times because that first Guardians gave that song a new lease on yeah. life. Uh, oh, that yeah. hooked on a, hooked on a feeling like like yeah hooked on a feeling like it was the only the only time you would hear that is on like a on like an oldies channel. If you happen uh-huh. to tune into it, like you, right. or if you watch a Reservoir Dogs, it pops up in there. But that those are like the only places you would ever hear it. Um, but now, like, I'll be at a at Walmart and it'll be playing in the background. <laughs> like, it's now that it's now become a grocery store song. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I I went with another. I went with and and what's great is that Gun is like 
is probably the chain of the needle drops in this oh, universe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I actually my favorite, believe it or not, is, is also a gun one, but it's probably one you don't expect as much. Um, it's from Guardians 2. And it is uh, Father and Son by Yusuf yeah. Cat Stevens. Oh my Good god, one. I I lost it at when we first saw that. Uh-huh. The fact that like at the very end when that start, starts playing, or when he when is that is that on the Zoom? He starts playing it. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, he starts yeah, playing Groot, it on the Groot starts it right. Groot, I think Groot starts it, and he's like sitting on Groot's like baby Groot's like sitting on on Chris Pratt's lap. Leg. Yeah. on star lord's leg and uh that's when they're doing the funeral for yondu i'm like this is like who comes it the fact that the, the what's on screen is a viking funeral for a, an alien in space while while i'm watching a raccoon cry and seeing a little tree sitting on a human man's lap while <laughs> this song is playing is making me cry <laughs> that says a lot like i i never talk about this one that often uh-huh because like it, it because it like it hits me so hard and i don't like want to overuse it that much so like i never think about it that often but whenever i like i, I might i'll even pull that scene up just at times to be like oh yeah i, I really needed this today <laughs> And plus, like, it, like, ties into the whole movie thematically, too, of this. Oh, yeah, perfectly. Broken families and fathers and sons, especially with the whole uh, Yondu and uh, and Quill and uh, I just forgot his name. Kurt Russell. Mm -hmm. Um, Ego. Ego. Thank you. And and Ego and uh, and Quill, like, dynamic of the may have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy. Like that just uh, Uh like that, that line combined with that song within minutes of each other just killed me both times i've seen it and it still gets me to the, to this day so my favorite is um cat stevens's father and yusuf's father and son i like it i like it a lot all right least uh, favorite for least favorite um and this is one that i think other people have agreed with but um for me it's come as you are from captain marvel um, this is played during the big, like, turn the tables emotional scene in the right. right before the final fight scene. And it just felt like a weird choice. Um, one, the song itself, like, I get they're saying, like, come as you are, like, be your true self, I guess, is what they're trying to go for. But, like, it just doesn't work that well. A lot of the needle drops in that movie don't work that well. No. And that kind they're of just, it, that, those, those I, ones I just are think just the direction up. in that movie was just very sloppy um but yeah like the needle drops weren't that good and this stood out um and just to get like nitpicky carol's plane crashed in 1989 oh here we go anyway nirvana's come as you are (laughs) was released in 1991 while she was a kree mind slave so she would have no emotional connection to that song (laughs) and and we get it's not it's not like this is playing this is very gun-esque where it is playing in the world as this is yep. happening right like there is a little record player playing yep. this song that she has no emotional <laughs> connection to it it like amps her up and gets her to the next like you know make, makes her go to binary mode so it's just yeah like, there's, okay there's and, a and lot. kurt cobain rolling in his grave 
as much as he rolled in his grave when he was in Guitar Hero 5. Anyway, that's a whole different story for yeah. another day. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, Wait, I'm not going to. I don't remember that. He was in Guitar Hero 5. Yeah, you don't remember that? That was. Oh, boy. That caused a whole contra. Like, Courtney Love, like, sued Activision over it. Oh, my it. God. And, like, Dave Grohl, Yikes. like, came, and Chris Novoselic, like, came to Activision's defense. It was a weird. Yeah. 20, 2010 was a weird time. <laughs> oh, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, all of the like all of the needle drops and all of the '90s references in Captain Marvel were just nostalgia cash grabs. Like, mm-hmm. oh, here's Blockbuster, much and, and I get much. it that like, oh, she's crashing into Blockbuster. She is literally busting the block, you know? Like, it's a it's such. No, a, I never got that. That's kind of funny. yeah. It's such a strained pun and metaphor, and I, mm-hmm. yeah, I get it, but it's also really surface level. Um, yeah unfortunately um my least favorite and i i don't really have a particular reason why but i think it was just because they changed everything in iron man 2 from acdc to the clash but it's should i stay or should i go huh. um i, 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 I just remember them using that that's weird yeah, every time I hear that it, it basically any of the needle drops in iron man 2 even shoot the thrill or wait was that was that 2 that was avengers <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. That one was Avengers. You're right. No, I like the ACDC drops. The Clash, though, like I have a, I have, a, I have a personal thing with the Clash. I love them. So like, oh, I thought you were going to he- say clashed with them. No, I no. <laughs> uh, like okay, I they're probably of puns. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell which one here is the actual dad, <laughs> which one they just call dad. <laughs> I never anyway. made one pun in my entire life before I became a father, and now it's about <laughs> one per minute pace. <laughs> you see, people stopped calling me dad around uh, around college after graduating college, and uh, <laughs> I see that that title's been passed off anyway. Um, but yeah, I don't. I like I like all the ACDC stuff in the first one, and even using Eiffel sixty five, I'm blue in, in Iron Man three, but like. Just to me, using the mm. clash and that was a good one. Yeah, using um, the should I stay or should I go, and even the magnificent um, is it magnificent seven. Yeah, the magnificent seven um, in in there. Just it it really didn't fit me well. And I get that. Actually, my least favorite is just the clash in Iron Man two. It's not just that song. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just gonna keep. I'm just going to keep uh, vamping on this one until I don't feel like talking about it anymore. But like Magnificent Seven is probably my favorite Clash song. And I get that it's trying to, it's this weird, we're trying to set up the Avengers and like put all, all the group together, but it just feels so weird. It, the mm-hmm. Clash aren't like a hard hitting heavy metal, hard rock band. They're, they were a punk band yeah. from the UK. Mm-hmm. And then even worse, they picked the two song They picked two songs off of their eighties run. It wasn't even stuff from their seventies albums it was the uh, sandinista which was like a weird combination of new of like new wave punk and um and uh magnificent seven is is uh, joe stormer raps on on that song (laughs) um (laughs) and should i stay or should i go combat rock isn't really their best album so like to me i wasn't a fan of changing out acdc for the clash so both should i stay or should i go and the magnificent seven are my least favorite all overrated right, i like it overrated this one's gonna generate some comments uh, i think <laughs> um 
My overrated one is Immigrant Song in Ragnarok. Oh! Oh! Let me explain. How dare you? How dare you, sir? It lost a lot of effect in these climactic scene because they went back to it and i think it works better in the climactic scene if they don't use it in the searcher scene at the beginning but that's the or mm, in the trailer but it mm, <laughs> but that's you can a, grunt that all you want it starts and ends over. the character arc that is exactly what it was doing but it doesn't when he start when he starts it he's an arrogant asshole when he ends it, he's still an asshole, but he has his like he's learned to like control his powers. He's not using it to kill somebody. He's well, I mean, he's like <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, he is. But like <laughs> he has come to terms with who he is at that point. At that point. But wasn't he wasn't a term he, he relied listen movie? at the at the start of it, I'm I'm min- I'm mincing words here, I'm sorry. At the start of the movie. He is relying on Mjolnir to do all the fighting for him while he's tied up. He hasn't like learned to control his powers yet as the god of thunder. He's still, as Odin would say, the god of hammers. At this at that point, and at the end on the on the bridge, he has learned to like quell his powers and it hits so much harder as he's like coming down off of out of Asgard into like this this pile of of I don't know what you would call them undead zombies. I don't, I don't know what you would call them necessarily. And it just, to me, it hits so hard. Love the shot. Doesn't need it. Doesn't oh, need a great song. The shot itself doesn't. I think you go back to the regular score for that shot. No. It, no. It, I think it's just weird that those are the only two needle drops in the film too. That should tell you something. No, it's it's purposeful if that's the case. Not to mention, it's also probably a budgetary reason because Led Zeppelin doesn't allow allow their music in anything. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Could be a number of things, but the fact that Taika pitched it with Immigrant Song in mind, and Marvel went out and paid for it for literally one minute. It doesn't it's, matter. It's purposeful. <laughs> oh my god. I'm not saying, uh, listen, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's my least favorite. I'm just saying, like, we as a collective fandom blow that scene out of proportion because I think it's, I think it's replaceable without detracting too much from it. What would you replace it with then? The score. Nate, how does the score go? Please, please. Oh, I have please, no damn idea. Please hum me would, some notes design, from the score of Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> you would design a specific piece of the score to go with that part. You know what I mean? It's all temp music. Like, like oh my god! But like the, <laughs> I there's absolutely nothing I would replace for that with. What are you talking about? My god. My, my own, my Thor. <laughs> Mbop. Okay, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Sweet child of mine. We're gonna get there. Rock and roll. Don't worry, we're gonna get there. No, no, it still doesn't no, work. That one wouldn't work. Nope, still doesn't work. Can't replace it. Can't. Nothing else goes there. <laughs> Not to mention, it's arguably A one of the best. Perfectly designed score would go there. Oh my god. Do I know what that sounds like? No. (laughs) 
anyway. I would like to know. Okay, no, so here's the thing. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying I would replace it. I'm just saying you could and not really miss out on that much. And I'm saying it's just I, I think it's it's a little bit overrated. Whatever. All right, what's your overrated? It's okay, mine's probably not rough. Some feathers too. <laughs> uh it's from Guardians 2 as well. <laughs> and it is uh it's brandy. As much as as much as I love that song, I'm A tired of hearing it now. And B, it's so it's literally spelled out by Ego how that song ties into the movie. Like there's no there's no you don't have to think about it at all. It just it it's spelled out for you. And I don't think it I think it doesn't work after a while, after seeing it a couple times. I think that's fair. Um I kicked that one around in my head for like one of my favorites, but I did land on that similar type of thought where it's, it's too literal and they spell it out for you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like ego literally says, Hey, this is how I relate to this song. Right. Right. So I think I'm with you. Okay. Um, my underrated now just sounds ridiculous based after my overrated, but, um, I think in the pantheon of Iron Man needle drops, that shoot to thrill is underrated, and it's better than like Back to Black, because it's the introduction in Avengers, and that was the first moment in Avengers where it was like hype, right? Where you're like, oh man, here comes Tony, here comes the first like meeting between the two lead Avengers. Well, it's it's and it it just set the perfect tone to like. Tony coming into the Avengers. Well, it's a callback to to Iron Man one too. Like yeah. that was, I mean, but they didn't the con- like go the cheap route and use like back and black again. No, 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 no. And like, right. well, what's even better is that like that's a great callback too because, I mean, thinking about the context, like that was the first time we were ever going to see team ups. Mm-hmm. And like, and Iron Iron Man two was a bit of a flop, and like, not to mention Shoot the Thrills, the second song on on Bat to Black. Mm-hmm. Like it 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 goes back to black and oh, then cool. or back back in black and then shoot the thrill. So mm-hmm. like it's it's like a continuation from one to the next, but like it's a I think it's a really cool um callback to the, to the first one from from going from Iron Man one all the way up through um the first Avenger, and then it, we're getting our first team up and we're gonna just start calling back to the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really like that. I I. I I'm with you on that. It is very underrated. And it plays in the world too, where like, like he plays it through the radio to Nat as she's in yeah. the the helicarrier. So I think it's cool. Yeah. All right, what's your underrated? Uh mine not really a James Gunn pick, but it's from Infinity War. Uh it's it involves the Guardians again. Mm-hmm. Uh but it's uh it's a rubber band man. Yeah, I can spinners that my underrated as well. <laughs> uh-huh. I remember like when we went to see infinity war, infinity war and it cuts to it cuts to space and you i, I could hear those bass notes going i'm like oh i see what they're doing with this i like this is this a james dunn pitch because it, it seems like a james dunn pick of like here comes the rubber band man and of course it's it's thanos they're talking about uh-huh <laughs> um and the the title card of just space space like classic yeah russo like formatting <laughs> right like, so like obviously I, we're in space <laughs> so like 
when that when that pit, when that checked in, I was like, "This is uh, this definitely has this has a done collaboration all over it," and I'm I'm here for it. It ties into what the Guardians are all about, and um, Quill's getting into it, and like, uh, wasn't somebody else trying to trying to sing it too, or um, Gamora was like getting annoyed by it. Yeah, I think Gamora was singing it actually. That's and they right. They tried to get Drax to sing. That's right. Yeah. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Rubber Band Man was definitely is definitely like it just it just slides under the radar. My the other one I had there and changed it the last minute was uh, the Underdog by Spoon from uh, Homecoming. Homecoming. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Is that? I'm, it's also for that one. It's not really the there's there aren't lyrics at play for it. It's just the the melody. I think right. I, if I think remember so, correctly. Yeah, yeah. Because it's right so like when it, Peter's like getting on the bus and texting Happy, right? Or is that a different well, one? It's I think whenever he decides that um it's whenever he decides to ask Liz to homecoming, I think. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's like that mo- it's the montage of like him trying to go about being a normal teenager. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um after he loses the su- it's after he loses the suit, he 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 is the underdog at that point. Mm-hmm. And um I I <laughs> I remember hearing it and thinking I've I've heard the song before I can't think of what it is and then had to go look it up but I it it's one of those ones where if you if you know it you know it if you don't if you know it 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 fits perfectly if you don't know it it's still like it fits in with the score. Mm-hmm. Definitely does. Definitely does. All right. But, well, that was a good uh, first round of favorite, <laughs> least favorite, overrated, underrated. We only argued once, um, but I think. No, I think it was successful. We'll have to return to that segment. We'll go back to the well again. Don't you worry. Oh, we'll be there. Listeners. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps our uh, review of the premiere episode of Miss Marvel. We are getting back to our weekly review schedule for this series. So we'll be back next week with a uh, review of episode two and uh, take a look for our look out for our Doctor Strange review um, coming down the pipeline pretty soon. So find that in this episode and all subsequent episodes in your favorite podcatcher. And for Jared, I'm John, and we will catch you next time.